Peg, did you tell all the neighbors to come? I told all our friends. And? <laughs> They're here. Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a open? No Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children Podcast. And here are your hosts, Jerry, Justin, and Al. Man, here we are back in the jiggly room. Now I'm comfortable. Now this is the atmosphere I've been waiting for. Here we are, guys. Season 2, Episode 7, For Whom the Bell Toes... Tolls? Tolls? For Whom the Bell Tolls? Uh, this episode aired October 25th, 1987. And I am joined by the guy who sleeps with a street light in his eye, Jerry. What's up, Jerry? I had to pay $50 for it. I didn't, like... I didn't even ask for the streetlight, and I got to pay $50 for it. That doesn't even make sense. It's robbery, I tell you. Scream it out the window. Scream it to, to, at the top of the highest hill. I'm sure it'll make a difference. And I am also joined by the guy who makes calls to Canada, or some people say Canada, Justin. What's up, Justin? Well, I have to contact my bank, and uh, it's located in Canada, so... You know, sorry about all those uh, long-distance calls. Wow, that, how does that relate to anything we've been doing here? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Duh. God, that was only a few episodes ago. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I can afford to pay the bill, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't afford to pay $80. Like, how long does it take you to earn $80? Depends what Jerry's up to that day. Ah. Wait a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why does that sound like you're pimping me out? Because <laughs> I am. Oh. I hey, Jerry, I need you to work for me tonight. I'm not doing it anymore. I told you. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm gonna, I, that's it. I am putting uh, an, uh, a thing out in the newspaper, and someone will hire me. I might not be able to read, but someone will hire me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll put out the same uh, ad that Bud put out for Kelly. What was it? Uh... That I couldn't read. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you ever see the movie Less Than Zero, Robert Downey Jr., Andrew McCarthy, and uh, what's the chick's name? Uh, Jamie Gertz, where where this drug dealer, uh, Robert Downey Jr., owed him money, so he, he would pimp him uh, to gay guys in hotel rooms till he paid him back all the money. Dude, it was so... Oh, you gotta see. It's on Netflix. Less than zero. You have to watch this movie, dude. It is so crazy. And I'm reading the novel right now. I'm more than halfway done, and it's, like, way more in-depth and stuff. But you gotta watch the movie. It's hilarious. It just reminded me of this whole thing. But, yes, guys. For whom the bell tolls... They're making too many calls, Peg. Now look at this bill. Milwaukee. Milwaukee. The Milwaukee. I'll bet this whole thing comes to $253 family meeting. <laughs> I thought we agreed to cut down our calls. I only made necessary calls this month, Dad. Me too. Me too. Well, then who made these toll calls at two bucks a pop? Ten times in a row here. Who called 555 stud? <laughs> Called dial a prayer. I did, Dad. But don't pay. Kelly's still here. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Uh, sports hotline, sports hotline, sports hotline. Those are okay. Uh, wait a second. Wait. Vancouver, eighty dollars. Kelly. Oh, sure. All eyes turn to me. Well, let me ask you this. If I did know somebody in Vancouver, don't you think I'd be living with them and not here? True enough. But... America first, Dad. How about it, Peg? 
Your mother gotten so fat she spread across the border? Al, I did not call Vancouver. And mom is down to nearly 200. So nobody called Vancouver? Okay, it's a mistake. I'm not paying for mistakes. I've been doing that since the day I got married. L gets heated over a large phone bill and refuses to pay it, which results in the disconnection of the Bundy phone line, making him the target of hostility from Peggy, the kids, and the Rhodes, who now take the Bundy's phone calls on their phone, especially ones from Peg's mother. To make matters worse, there's a street light that is also bothering Al, which is keeping him awake every night. Hmm. What did you got? You know, I'm going to go ahead and just say it. This is, in my opinion, it almost seems like this is a quintessential low-key Marrow Children episode where it's just a sitcom. And it's just, uh, I don't want to say filler because that's demeaning. And I'm not saying it's not good. But it definitely just feels like uh, this is nothing to be memorable. Although, I mean, it's hard to forget the street light and Al. Like, if, if you talk to somebody in five years, you know, they'll remember the episode where Al had the street light in his eye and stuff like that. And you might not remember that he didn't pay his phone bill and things like that. Or, you know, so it just seems like this is low key. Would, uh, would you guys agree with that? I think yeah. that it's. Um when you talk about like kind of basic in a way, like storyline wise, I think it does feel like, you know, situational comedy, right? Like it's just a situation that he's in and it's funny. Right. Um, it's, there's nothing that's like no, like giant event or anything. So I, I I'm with you on that, but, but I, I do think this episode is very funny. Mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty, like, this is the basic like setup for a normal married with children episode uh something bad happens to al al stands up for himself more bad things continue to happen to al yeah yeah well this is you know how we talked about al standing up for himself and it's like so far it's been sort of normally stupid like like meeting his boss or whatever on Mm. this one it you kind of get behind him i mean it's a weird premise like he just has a phone call he just has a phone bill, like a bill on his phone for one call amongst many, which he just feels is, uh, you know, he just asks around. Nobody made the call. So he's just like, well, then I'm not paying. You know, like he doesn't think anyone's lying. He doesn't think anyone's hiding anything from him. He just genuinely trusts the answers from this this whack job family. <laughs> It's like an odd premise. I mean, wouldn't you think somebody's lying here? Yeah. And, and I was actually going to ask. I was going to ask it later on, but uh, who do you think made the call? Kelly. Mm. See, I actually think it is Kelly, and I have I have something to support it. Mm. Uh-oh. When uh, Al is going through the list of phone calls, uh, there is one for 555-STUD. Uh, now, mm-hmm. both Kelly and Peggy put up their arms, but you'll notice as soon as Kelly sees that her mom raised her arm, she puts her down and then goes, Mom! And that <laughs> go, Kelly did it, and Kelly's going to hide now. I Not just bad. think there's no other reason anyone else would have done it. Like, why would Peg call Canada? Why? And Bud, I mean, if it was a sex hotline, sure, but I think they covered that when they said 555 stud or whatever. Yeah, so. and Kelly called Australia once. So yeah, right. that's in the realm of possibility for her. Yep. Yep. That I For some reason, I thought it was going to be like Steve or Marcy, you know, somehow. But are you guys disappointed really no... that you never find out who did it? You know what? When we were... Like, just when you was describing the episode, I started thinking about it, and I was like, did we ever find... I couldn't even remember if we found out, but if you guys confirmed that we didn't, then yes, we, I am disappointed. <laughs> I I am too, because I think that's what would have made this episode better, is at the end, we find out who did it, why they did it, and there would be, like, a really good joke in there. What if it right. actually wasn't anybody? Like, what if it was a legit mistake? 
I guess that's what it. I guess it we're made to believe. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I, there's no punchline here. I He just uh, asks. They all deny. And, uh, okay, I'm not paying. And the, in, the only punchline you get out of it is the messages from Peg's mom, the call from Peg's mom about raisin bread, and then the message about her mom staying, which... Tell me that that was not where you guys were not thrown for a loop when Steve said, did, did, did you not, you know how that episode, um, Peggy Sue got work. Remember how both Peg and Al paid the kids to say that they prefer Peg to be at home and not working anymore. Yeah. I 100% thought that Peggy had like gotten Steve to do this by going, Yeah, hey. wasn't it a weird reaction? Cause I thought that too. Right. Yeah, and then that it, it wasn't, and I was like, oh well, maybe Peggy wasn't smart enough to to do that. And then I I was like, what if uh, Steve did this on his own because he's smart enough to pull something like this off? Right. So we wouldn't be getting phone calls at two a.m. in the morning. <laughs> and it turns out nobody's really that smart. She's actually there. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. actually in the. <laughs> and I'm like, well. <laughs> Okay, like it's just so weird that way. This episode is so weird that way. <laughs> but let's start from the beginning. So the kids actually told Peg's mother they do not love her. <laughs> like, you know, most kids don't want to talk to their grandmother. They go, oh, shucks. I don't want to talk to, I don't want to sit on grandma's lap or whatever the case. <laughs> These kids downright just said, no, Grandma, we don't love you. And Peg says, well, if you gave them money, maybe they'd love you. <laughs> I just, that's just amazing. Uh, so now the city put in a new street slash crime light in the Bundy's neighborhood. And it's right in front of the Bundy's house, which is a good thing, I guess, if it's a crime light. But it shines right in Al's window and it lands right on the on his pillow uh, when he goes to sleep at night. <laughs> like, right where his eyes would be. <laughs> My only question is, like, why didn't he just put blinds up or something? Yeah, Dude, that's I what I wrote down. <laughs> I was like, just just put up a bed sheet. Like, come yeah. on, what are you doing? He, he wants this thing moved or whatever. And it's like, dude, buy a curtain or buy a blind. I, I think it's because, first, he talks about how he had to pay... $50 for it because I get maybe they taxed everybody or they taxed whoever was right in front. I'm not exactly sure how they did that $50 tax, but maybe it's because of that that now it's like a principle of the matter thing because Al is very much a <laughs> I stand on a, on principle against this. I'm, yeah, like, this I'm not going to pay to have my damn my, my sleep messed up. Yeah, right. I already got to sleep next to Peggy and now you got to tell me there's going to be a light in front of my face the entire time. Come on. And, oh, boy, does that pay off in the end of the episode. But Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, do any of you guys know Ig Pay Latin Atenlay? Yeah, Pigline? No, I, 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 I remember I could do it when I was younger, but now I have to, like, really think about it if I'm going to say something. You see me able to just rip through it? Uh, Not rip through it, but I was better at it. I didn't have to think quite as much. I knew I would stick with words that I had pre-thought of. And so that like do it. So what what do you do? Just take the first letter off of a- the word and put it at the end, and then add a y. Yeah. For example, uh, ixnay on the on the stupid stupid say. So next on the stupid. Uh. Wait, ixnay. <laughs> oh, nix, nix. Wait. Yeah. Nix so what does stop, nix mean? Stop the stupid. Nix <laughs> means to stop. Nix it. Nix a. Oh, nix. Oh yeah, right. Nix. Okay. I thought it was the basketball team, <laughs> which is also stupid. No, just kidding. Oh, man. Uh, I don't want to get into that. God forbid we offend well, another person. Now someone's going to complain on our Facebook. Good yeah. job, Alex. <laughs> You're not supposed to talk about your personal feelings on sports. Go Pens. Yeah, sorry. I'm a Bears fan, too, for all you Packer guys. Has it ever been said before that where Peg Moms lives, or, or is this the first time we find out she lives in Milwaukee? I believe it's always been just Wanker County. Like... Isn't that what they always say about that? I thought I, I remember hearing the county, but I never knew exactly where she lives. And according to this episode, she lives in Milwaukee. 
Should I get into the the very many visitors of Milwaukee while we're here? Oh, damn it. No. I walked into that it's one. It's actually pronounced Milwaukee, which is El Gottman for the good land. Hey, Justin, uh, he, his phone bill was $253. How much is that in today's money? I'm going to say $730. I'm going $615. It is $556.34. Bam! Uh, Suck it, Alex. But could you imagine that? Okay, so check it out. Like, obviously... One of the fun things about doing these shows is that, well, they're really old now, right? Like what, like 30 years or something? Exactly 30. Okay. So 30 years ago, I wasn't alive, <laughs> you know, <laughs> cell phones weren't a thing. So first of all, this episode could never even happen today, <laughs> but could you imagine having a $556 phone bill? <laughs> Like, people paid. Like, isn't that wild? People paid for the actual call they made. Like, <laughs> like I remember, it's, it's still weird to me when I submit something somewhere and they say standard text messages will, something will apply. Yeah, and I'm like, everybody doesn't have free text messages? <laughs> right, like, <I'm> yeah. <laughs> like, what are you, a loser? Like, I don't remember <laughs> anybody paying for their exact text message amount. Like, who pays for, oh, I get 50 free text messages a month? Like, what <laughs> does that even mean? <laughs> I, I remember it from, like, back in the day, because I also remember being a kid and, like, because my parents were divorced and they didn't live in the same state, all of like we had to make long distant calls and we could and we like, you know, you only have 10 minutes to make this call because of how expensive it was. Mm-hmm. And then I remember like when I first got like my first cell phone. Oh, well, you only have 50 texts per month. Wow. Yeah, that was, you know, that, I, I do remember when they first came out because I had a I had a cell phone when I was super young. And I do remember it was like minutes and stuff like that. But I remember minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's funny, though, to think. I've never had to pay extra for calling, like, another state. <laughs> I did. I, I remember my mom – like, I used to have a cousin I was really close to. I mean to. now. I mean now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no. Like, that doesn't exist. <laughs> well, it only exists if you're – like, because now you only get extra charges if you're, like, roaming. That's it. Yeah, I remember in the 90s I was real close with a cousin, and I used to call him, and I swear to God, he was 30 minutes away from our house. And my mom heard me talking to him. And she goes, hang up the phone. That's a toll call. <laughs> and I was like, wow, what? A toll call. My parents paid extra just so I could talk to somebody 30 minutes away from them. We've come a long way. Oh. And and just think what that means. When we were paying for all these things in the beginning, like after you pass 100 minutes or whatever, just think, now that we are at this point where everything's just unlimited, we know that these assholes were never, ever paying anything extra on their end. Like the company themselves, like Verizon or whatever, they never had to pay any extra for us to make these calls. They just charged us extra. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and who remembers like when you actually had like AOL and you were getting like 200 free minutes in your internet, you could either do like a monthly internet or you could do it based on minutes and you would have so many minutes on the internet at a time. That was like early, early AOL. Remember those like free those discs or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were like not floppy discs because those are actually bendable, but they They're were like, like those CDs. hard. Oh, yeah, it was it was uh, hours, not minutes. I shouldn't have said minutes. I was still thinking cell phones. But yeah, like 200 free hours for AOL 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> I still have mine. I, I got one of those in the mail. It's one of those hard disks that you slid in your computer and it downloads something. And I still have it. And I sometimes I make a joke on Facebook and I'll just randomly post, all right, you know, 200 free minutes. Now I'm set or whatever, you know. Like, I, I'm sure I say something better, but I'm just on the spot right now. I'm but sure I, you don't. I, I know, I'm sure I don't. It's probably <laughs> just as lame. But, uh, and I p- post a picture of myself holding that thing in the mail where they sent me that. It's so funny. It's like. <laughs> I used to have stacks of them as a kid. (laughs) Yeah. I actually still remember my first AOL screen name just because my dad made it and he picked a movie I didn't even like. He my first AOL screen name was Top Gun 1014. And I don't like the movie Top Gun. And I was like, why did you name me Top? Like, I like Jaws. Why didn't you name me Jaws 1014? 
<laughs> you know what's weird? My first AOL name was Al Bundy thirty three. What was it really? Yeah, I think mine so. was question mark six two six spelled out. Question mark spelled out. Oh, <laughs> question mark sixty six six two six. Question mark six two six. What was six two six your area code? No. What is six two six six two? I think it might have picked it randomly or something. Somebody had oh. question mark. <laughs> that is weird. That like. Speaking of questions, why would Peg believe she she almost treats Al legitimately when he says, "Give me the phone. I want to say something to your mom." And she goes, "Mom, Al has something he wants to say to you." Like, <laughs> does she think anything constructive would come out of Al's mouth? Like, like why would you ever take that seriously to hand him the phone? And of course, he just hangs up on the mom. Yeah. And plus. He literally just got done calling her a pig. Oh, pig lad, must be your mom, oink. <laughs> yeah, tell her oink. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Al runs through the phone bill. Uh, you got calls to 555 stud, uh, dial a prayer. Ooh, hey, don't you... pay that. Kelly's still yeah. here. Yeah, it didn't work, guys. So, uh, yeah, sports hotline, which Al's totally okay with, because he wants <laughs> he wants to know how much what what the line is on the next Bears game. Yeah, and <laughs> you got. Um, I thought that was a good callback, also to uh, the episode with the Bills, and he's like, and he's like completely fine with his the price of his tackle box he got, <laughs> but nothing else. I was just like, I thought that was like a fun callback to that, and I was like, I hope they continue to make that joke. Throughout the rest of the series. How amazing of a callback. Would you have not gotten the chills if one of the 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 uh, bills on the phone bill was Dr. Mustang? <laughs> like, you'd be like, oh my god. Like, these <laughs> oh, guys are funny. really... Yeah, they are really into this. That would be so funny if they went all the way back to Have You Driven a Ford Lately? Um, so, if we find out in this episode that Peg's mom weighs nearly 200 pounds which is insanely disappointing because i was hoping four to five hundred i mean she has two kegs under her arm falls through a fence well here's the thing she says almost down to 200 yeah but you have to that means between two and three so three max yeah so i'm guessing like maybe 250 or something well nearly i was thinking 235 if she's nearly Okay, yeah, you know? that makes sense. But st- it's still insanely disappointing. I mean, God, they're not as ridiculous as I'd like them to be. And I know you guys like it more when they're more grounded, so you probably appreciate that, right? Yeah, I was actually going to say they probably did it just for the fact that if they have to show her on screen, even if it's under a cover, <laughs> it needs to be more realistic. Like, they need to be able to actually show it. So I was completely fine with it. And I was like, oh, well, look at that. Maybe she's actually losing weight and trying to do do something with her life yeah maybe she walked up a flight of stairs and lost 15 pounds yeah like how funny would it have been though if that under the covers was twice as big you know that just would have been great um <laughs> i mean it wouldn't be as crazy as the woman who deboned a chicken and bit marcy's finger i mean that just a fat mom is not that crazy <laughs> to me you know i, I just think it they could have went for that one, but okay. so you wanted what's eating Gilbert Grape kind of mom is what you're saying. Yeah, it's nothing wrong with that, right? Uh, I mean, <laughs> sure. I mean, Justin, you're you're into the grounded stuff, and you don't like when they go too far. Well, I think you're gonna evolve. I really do, dude. Like, I think by season five, you're gonna be like ripping and roaring through this and loving it, <laughs> and and you're gonna go, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking back then. I'm, it's all cool, man. I think you're going to finally get there, but I know you still got that season one mentality. And as we go, it is going to, you're going to let go, man. It's like, it's like hanging on, you're falling off a building and you're hanging on to a ledge and each finger just slowly pops off, dude. And you're just going to be like, dude, I'm just going to let go, man. It's possible. Uh, It's uh, the episode aired October 25th, but it's not a Halloween episode. I was bummed. Oh, wow. Oh man. Can you imagine if married children did, ho- oh, I guess, oh, that's how we, I actually met Jerry in a way. But can you imagine if uh, 
Mary with Children did Halloween episodes the way Roseanne does because Roseanne is so known for their Halloween. Yeah. yeah. There's even a DVD of just their Halloween episodes. Yeah. Yep, there is. I have it. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I have their whole season box at Roseanne, and, but I also bought the Halloween because I'm, I'm very into that where I like to carp compartmentalize stuff like that like I, I, i'm with you on that like i seen a uh tv horror or uh treehouse of horror disc that i was gonna get one day but i was like i almost wish it had all of them because it only had like the first like 10 or something dude there's nothing better on earth than the simpsons treehouse of horror and i literally went through every season of dvds and ripped the entire episode into a file and i put them on a portable uh, C drive and I could plug the USB port into my Blu-ray player and it plays it on my 75 inch TV. So nice. I, yeah, I literally got them all in one folder, all in order. And I just ripped through every single one of them on every October. I watch every Simpsons trials of horror. It's amazing. And here, here's what's funny before I did, you know, we, you know, obviously this married children podcast started the first Friday of this year 2017 for all of you listening in 2035 right before we started this in january i ripped every single married with children christmas episode put it on that same thing and went through all those for christmas so that was a great time too so i'm very into like you know sectionalizing stuff like that yeah i feel you yeah it's just awesome so uh we have to talk about sex points here Peg asks for sex, and Al says, uh, oh, great, the one thing I would pay for, because <laughs> she said it's free, <laughs> <laughs> amongst all his bills, like the phone bill and the streetlight bill, and the one thing he would pay for sex, she wants to give him for free, and he's not interested. Point goes to Al. So make sure we write that in our notes that we're going to go to at the end of the season. So, are you you just not going to bring up that, uh, what she called Mr. Van Winkle? <laughs> oh, yeah, right? Now, what does that mean? Is that, isn't uh, Van Winkle the guy who slept for like 30 years or something? I thought it was Vanilla Ice, isn't it? Oh, yeah, right? Yeah, Van, oh, isn't his name like Perry Van Winkle or something? It's I don't Rob. think that's who she was, ref- yeah, it's Rob. <laughs> I don't think that's who she was referred to. I thought Van Winkle was like an old game show host or something. No, I think Van. I think the joke is that I heard like somebody say "sleep like Van Winkle," and the story Rip Van Winkle fell asleep and woke up twenty years later. So I think she's saying Al's pecker has virtually been asleep, been asleep for twenty years, right? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. So that's the joke. That that's actually pretty funny. That's actually pretty good. Yeah, yep. any joke that you have to look up is usually pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, that dude, uh, what's his name? Dennis Miller, who made jokes that are over everyone's oh, head. Oh, yeah, for the NFL. <laughs> yeah, Monday Night Football. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> he would, like, uh, quote, uh, like, Andrea Van Pleef, <laughs> and people would be like, what? <laughs> it was just <laughs> weird stuff, man. As we go into the scene where, like, this, the, the light hits his face, and he ends up, like, switching and putting his feet on the pillow and laying down the other way. Was anyone else kind of upset that the when Peg kisses his foot that there wasn't, like, a bigger reaction to it? Like, his feet are the reason he sleeps next to the window so the air can get to it. No, to keep mosquitoes away. Yeah, to keep mosquitoes away. But literally, she kisses it and, and it's just like, uh, and that's she it. She kisses more of his ankle, so maybe it wasn't as bad. Oh, uh, okay. You know, Al Bundy's feet have become something of like uh, folklore or legend. Or yeah, stuff like I hear that. I hear people travel for thousands upon thousands of, of miles and maybe even light years for him. Yeah, <laughs> would you kiss Al Bundy's feet if you met him in real life? Like, if he actually had his foot there, would you say, "Okay, for the I'll just do it so I could say I did it in life"? Is it like uh, lucky or something? I don't what? know. Is it like a rabbit's foot? Like that stone in Ireland. I don't know, but I do know that... Uh, you don't know? Oh, you'd kiss Steve's feet, though. Uh, oh, dude, Steve, massage, kiss. You'd kiss the ground he walks on. You know, rabbit's feet are not so lucky. I mean, 
the rabbit's not so lucky, right? I mean, you're walking around with his foot <laughs> on your keychain. So how lucky could it be? Uh, I, I, so I was reading, oddly enough, about rabbit's feet the other day, and apparently, like, the, like, most hardcore of rabbit's feet must be done on a full moon on, like, a Friday at midnight in a cemetery. The rabbit has to be found in the cemetery, and the foot must be severed while it's still alive. What? <laughs> There's all this, like, mythology on rabbit's foot feet out there. <laughs> you know, my sister had a keychain of a rabbit's foot, and it was, like, purple, they die them. Are we to believe? Is this like real? Like, are they always actual feet of rabbit? They used to be. I don't know about now. Like, it used to be really popular in the '90s, but um, with like PETA and stuff, like I don't think that shit flies anymore. Really? I always thought they were fake, even in the '90s. No, dude. If you take that clip off of the top, like you can straight see bone. <laughs> oh yeah. What? Wow, I gotta, I gotta do that. Kelly blows the whistle on <laughs> Bud eavesdropping on her phone calls, and it's cool because that scene, although it was just a flash in your eyes, actually becomes Kelly's uh, little. You know how in the beginning of every episode, when they're going through all the names and they're showing clips of each person, that that the the clip they show of her, I I take it it's gonna be next season. It might even be this one, but I just I always forward it, so I wouldn't know. But uh, it's her blowing that whistle. They pulled it from this episode. I don't think there is clips yet. Not yet? Okay. Well, yeah. probably well next hopefully season. next season. Next season we'll be able to watch Kelly blow things. What? Did we say that she could next season or is it the fourth season? I thought you said season three. Oh, Pre- good. Premature, good. dude. Come on. Yeah. Even one season premature is a little too much. Oh. <laughs> this is great. I'm a victim. That's what I am. City charges me $50 to shine a light in my face. Nothing I can do about it. Phone company charges me $80 for a phone call I never made. Nothing I can do about it. Well, from now on, Al Bundy is going to do something about it. Tomorrow, I'm going to get that Vancouver phone call taken off my bill. And I'm going to go down and have the city move that stupid light. From now on, Al Bundy is going to live with a little bit of dignity. So Al fights the phone company and Al loses. You know, he's not going to pay the $80 bill. So they say, okay, and they treat him like you expect. They say, well, uh, if you don't pay it, somebody else will. Good night, bam, clip, and they no longer have a phone. So the Bundy household is phoneless. And yes, guys, just a reminder, this show is 30 years old, like we talked about, and there are no personal phones, no cell phones, or nothing of the sort. They uh, actually allude to pay phones because Al has this whole thing of with change and stuff and a change dispenser. So do you guys remember using pay phones? I, I used a pay phone last year. Wow. How's that? Um, it reminded me of how it used to be. Yeah, I used them in the 90s and the maybe the early 2000s. So yeah. I, I can honestly say I've, I never actually ever used a pay phone. I just never ended up in a situation where I needed to use a payphone. Hmm. I remember checking them for change. Yeah, I remember pushing like the buttons. Like I always remember the buttons always felt really cool. Like they felt yeah. like solid. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I always used to call 1-800-COLLECT and have my mom pick me up from school. Like I actually, I don't know why this was like, I don't know why I had to tell her I'm ready because <laughs> it obviously I get out the same day or, or minute every day. But I used to have to call or collect, and then it would say, hello, you have a collect call from caller, please state your name. And I'd go, mom, pick me up. Would you accept charges? She goes, no. <laughs> and she hangs yeah, up. You, and can, picks- you can leave that brief, brief message. Yeah, I, I do remember people exploiting that. I do, now that you said it. Yeah, people used <laughs> to do that all the time. Like, if it was just a quick thing, like. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best. That's so nostalgic for the 90s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Kelly has a breakdown uh, reaction to having no phone. And could you imagine? I mean, that you can't even look down on her because this is how everybody would react if you took away their cell phone. Yeah. And even back then, though, like even like when I was a kid, like when, when I was a young kid, you know, like sixth grade or something like cell phones 
weren't a thing yet. Like they, they were there, but they weren't like, like everybody didn't have them. Like social media didn't exist and stuff. And I remember like if, even having a phone in your room was like such an important thing at, at that age, you know, like 12, 13. Jerry, did you have your own personal phone? No, because our household did have two phone lines for my dad's house. But that's because one was for the internet and one was for phone calls. Oh, so you didn't have to go through being online and somebody making a call or getting a call incoming to your house. And that was the worst. Oh, that's when we got those discs for 100 free hours of America Online. <laughs> and just so if anybody is a little saddened, if if they're thinking, man, that's a shame that Mario Children was 30 years ago. Now we'll never get a computer episode. Uh, no, guys, you do, and you will not forget how funny it is. <laughs> yeah, because the show does go into the 90s, so... Yeah. Uh, I don't know what year it happened, but uh, they get a computer, and it's so funny. <laughs> I was on the telephone taking messages for your family. Peggy, your mother called. Peggy, your mother called. Peggy, your mother called. And Peggy... Dial a stud call. They wanted to know if you were okay and to tell you Juan is back. Anything for me? No. Oh. <laughs> Dial a stud called Peg. Uh, actually called Steve. Like, I don't even understand that. So... Peg calls Dialistud, her phone gets disconnected, and Dialistud somehow knows to call Steve about this? Uh, Alex, you gotta understand, the show is now getting a, uh, a bit more goofy, <laughs> so you have to... <laughs> Sorry, I, had... I actually want to get into this, because this episode, to me, is, is an episode where we actually, like, everything that you told me on the previous shows that you told me and Justin is 100% true here. You have... <laughs> Uh, like, and it blends in very well because you go from Alice being like, have you noticed every time Al says he's a hero, the family suffers? <laughs> like, every he's the only one who thinks he's a hero. And he tells Peggy to get all the, uh, invite all their friends and neighbors over and, and no one shows up. But Well, they're like, here. Yeah, when Kelly starts actually overreacting to not having a phone. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. the best way good boy bud between that and al's face throughout this entire episode that's where i was like damn it alex was right this is getting really goofy and i like it it's really See? funny um and i was and so i was just like all right i'm just gonna have to accept it and her her second breakdown later in the episode is actually yeah. funnier than the first one <laughs> but yeah like uh having them call steve like, how would they have Steve's number? How did it, like, that doesn't make sense. But I just didn't, I didn't even, I was so just accepting at that point. <laughs> I, I could hear you in the back of my head. Just accept it, Jerry. It's getting <laughs> yeah. goofy around here. They're going there, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. If you have reservations, you're, you're the one who's going to suffer. You're going to be the one left behind. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you know how I said, uh, every time Al says he's the hero, his family suffers. Yeah. Apparently, Steve realizes this too because he says a hilarious line and he goes, Al, aren't you punishing your family enough by living with them? <laughs> and uh, I gotta say, Marcy is actually really cool in this episode. Like, for some reason, d there was no like inkling of getting like annoyed by her at all. Her one like real scene, she's really friendly, nice looking. I would even dare say she looks pretty. Yeah. yeah. You know? Not not too bad. Not annoying. She's just there in a good way. You know, I always wonder about stuff like that. When there's episodes where people, like we talked about, Buck wasn't even in the last episodes. The kids were written in second second thought. You know, well, 
We're going to make it a two-parter where Marcy loses a ring down Zoro's pants. So we got to, you know, we got to fill out a couple spots here. So let's bring the kids back into the episodes and stuff. So I always wonder, what do the actors think when they're just in, like, one scene of an episode? Like, are they like, well, that's all I'm doing this one? (laughs) You know? That's a really good point. I've never even thought about that. <laughs> yeah, like the whole show goes by and they're in one damn scene. I mean, I guess they're glad because they're there. Like, I don't know how their pay works. How Like, they get paid per episode or they get paid per scene or if it's right. per diem. Now that you bring that up, I really want to know. I'm going to jump on Twitter and ask someone. Do they still – They st- I believe they still get those, like, checks in the mail, right, for, like, reruns and stuff? No, there had that had to be worked in ahead of time. Really? If that stuff wasn't going on back then. Oh, by the way, Married Children has never not been on the air. Not a single year on Earth. It's on television every year since its conception. So, uh, no, but these people are not getting rich off of it because back then they didn't get money for the DVD sales because those didn't exist. People didn't buy VHS tapes of seasons of shows back then. So they didn't get that either because it was never written into the contract. You know, if, if they go to you and if they go up to these guys and go, hey, Mill Creek, we're, how come you're not paying me? I'm the one who acted on all those. We're like, well, I don't owe you anything. It doesn't say anything about that here. You know, whoever they bought the distribution rights from. So, yeah, no. Yeah, but see, I heard somebody, like I heard Adam Green one time talk that he got like a couple cents in a check one time. And it was for another Adam Green who had worked on the Cosby show. If the, if the show's picked up for syndication, they mm-hmm. might change it. But Alex is, that's what, that's what I was is right and kind of wrong. He's kind of both. <laughs> well, more like he just left something out. He's right that if it wasn't in the original contract, no, they're not getting it. But later on in the show, in the seasons, they could have upped their contracts to get residual right. checks. Um, what is that called when they get um, – those checks, like there's a name for it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of the name. It's like a royalty check. Yes, royalty. Yeah, royalties. There you go. Like, cause and but that was more popular. From what I've heard, it's more popular with movies mm. getting royalty checks from the movie sales than it did for TV shows. Well, that's something we'd have to bring up if we ever got a chance to talk to anybody. Yeah, I definitely would like to know. I, I'm sure they're all getting hosed. That's how it always is, you know. It's never a Cinderella story half the time. I mean, obviously any modern show is, but not them, no. Alex, you're a big fan of of Marywood Children, and you have been for your whole life. And you go to a lot of conventions. Have you ever met anyone from Marywood Children? Yeah, I met three people so far. I met Bud Bundy, Marcy Rhodes, and Jefferson Darcy. Oh, but you never met Steve? No, he's never been to one. Mm, I'm gonna hunt him down. Yes, Jerry. I'd I'd give him thirty five dollars and have him sign an autograph for you, and I'd mail it to you. Yeah, <laughs> I'd frame that sucker. <sighs> so <laughs> the way you said that sounded creepy, man. I'll frame that sucker. Uh, I would too, actually. I would. Yeah, I would too, actually. <laughs> but I'm just saying. <laughs> So uh, Peg's mother, you know, and like we just said, 555 Stud's calling Steve to leave messages. Everybody's calling Steve to leave messages, namely Peg's mother, uh, <laughs> who, who Peg talks to every day now, seemingly. And she asked for the recipe for raisin bread. And Jerry, what's the recipe for raisin bread, according to Peg Bundy? Hey, Bundy! Telephone! <laughs> it's two o'clock in the morning. What do they want? It's Peggy's mother! Oh, it's for you. Oh. Hi, Mom! What do you want? Your recipe for raisin bread. Tell her to get a fresh loaf of bread, a box of raisins, and a hammer. Uh, bread, raisin, and a hammer? Oh, it does make sense. Okay. See, here I am thinking they're just going wacky with the humor. But yeah, no, that that totally makes sense. Al talks about how no one stands up for anything in America anymore. 
Which is funny because now everyone stands up for everything. They're just like, that raisin bread has rights. How dare you hit it with a hammer? I am here. If who, if you won't speak for the raisin bread, who will, Alex? Who will? Uh, yeah, everybody is offended about everything now. Yeah. So, and he, he says, America's catchphrases used to be, don't tread on me and all this stuff. And now it's, hi, I'm America. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. I get the throw the phones in the water joke. I just, and and then the women would go chase the phones and they would drown and and so we wouldn't have to burn them at the stake. Haha. <laughs> well, that's uh, Salem witches. By the way, the Salem witches yeah, were Boston. never burned at the stake. By the way, they were all hanged. Uh, a lot of people misperceive the Salem witch trials and all that. They were never in Boston burned at the stake. No, I saw in a movie called Teaching Mrs. Tingle. And it has teaching in the title, so obviously it's there to educate me. And they clearly stated that they were burned. Yeah, well, guess what? It, it was not accurate. And Teacher Miss Tingle was cited as the one, that's the one inaccurate thing he put out, that they were burned. And none of them were burned. If you research it, they were all hanged. Oh, by the way, Alex, so yes. your coincidences have now struck over to Married with Children. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. You know how they called butthead? Uh, the, he said, why is he called, uh, you know, this, and you're called a butthead? And Al goes, well, if being a butthead means being a patriot, I guess I'm a butthead. What voicemail did you leave me not, what was it, yesterday? Wow. Where you did the voices of Beavis and Butthead on my voicemail. Yeah, I could do a perfect butthead and Beavis for some reason. I don't know how. I will swear right now, and I'm not even a big Beavis and Butthead fan. <laughs> but I could I thought you had played a clip or you were watching it on your TV or something. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I've been doing it since like 94. So, yeah, it's a pretty loser thing. But so I just want to drop in real quick that when I hooked up with my wife and she started sleeping over the house and kind of living with me and stuff, I deliberately picked the if you're looking at it from the camera view that you always look at the Bundy's bed I always picked the right side of the bed just because of Al Bundy like I said well I'm older now I'm like an adult and my only (laughs) gateway to that was for some reason married with children like to me that was my adult show (laughs) because now I'm like I used to be Bud now I'm Al so I said I want to sleep on the same side of the bed that Al sleeps on so I literally have been and and my wife absolutely hates it for I I think she just doesn't it's it's weird I think if I didn't even say anything she 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 wouldn't say anything if I didn't insist on that side of the bed she wouldn't want it you know sort of like when a kid's playing with a toy and, and that's no, it's not oh, true. God. Oh, <laughs> Boston. Yes. yes. I do not like it. I have to take a sleeping pill to go to bed because I don't feel comfortable on that side. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Who said you're allowed in the jiggly room? <laughs> hey, Reese came into the jiggly room that one time. Thank you. Thank you for okay. that. You, yeah. I don't make it up. You this is no ma'am. <laughs> Thank you. I still love you, but I still miss my side of the bed. Thank you. You're my pip. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. We need to tighten up that security. Or not. I don't understand. I can't say one thing about my wife without her standing next to the, the exit door. Yo, do you think she paid security? Security! Security, come here. Did she pay you? That's an awfully nicely looking watch for a security man. Hey, Alex, didn't you have a nice watch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did. Okay. Um, so the the only thing, worst thing you could be called in life besides a shoe salesman, guys, is a quitter. And mm-hmm. Al Bundy is not a quitter, although we've seen him quit on a couple things already, such as meeting his boss. I don't know. I'm sure more things. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Oh, Steve, we have a family thing going on here. What do you want? I'm delivering another phone message for you. Oh, well, come on in. I also have a message of my own, Al. This is the last message the roads are going to be taking for the Bundys. Fine. That's the last thing we'll ever do for you, too. You don't do anything for us now, Al. So you've already got a taste of our medicine. What's the message? 
please, God. Let it be for me. It's for Peggy. You lie! It's for me! <laughs> She's been under a lot of stress lately. Oh, my God. Who put these bugs on my arms? Who is it, Steve? It's your mother. She said to tell you she's worried about you. She doesn't like not being able to talk to you every day. So she's coming to stay until you get your phone put back in. How much time do we have? She was packing her bags. Great, great. We can still stop her. See, she can never get through her front door on the first try. Hey, quick, call her. Use Steve's phone. Oh, sure, use Steve's phone. Wake Steve up. Let Steve take the message. Well, the Steve stops here, and my phone is off limits. Give Mom a hug for me. <laughs> oh, God, what have I done? Get out the sips bath, kids. Grandma's coming. Look, Peg, go down to the phone booth, catch the woman before she gets to the bottom of the driveway, because when she's in motion, you can't stop her. <laughs> Okay, Al, but only on one condition, that you pay that phone bill. Done. You win. But hurry. Was that a tremor? <laughs> oh, God. She must be changing bras. Hurry. <laughs> hurry. We all think, like we mentioned earlier, that Steve is pulling a, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, that Steve is pulling a fast one here. Right. To To get this annoyance off him. And then we also think maybe Peggy paid him or Kelly paid him. You know, Kelly's not smart enough to do that. No, because she's just a lumber camp toy. Yeah. No, the mom's really here. She's sleeping in Al's side of the bed. She looks like she weighs just about 200 pounds. Uh, she weighs nearly 200 pounds, actually. And uh, Al is resorted to sleeping on the classic Bundy couch and... <laughs> Where he uh, he also he won one war though guys he got them to move that street light problem is where it moved it is now shining exactly where his head is on the couch that he has to sleep in and Peg said it turns out mom is staying for one more week so I guess we have to assume that Al has slept downstairs on the couch for two straight weeks with the light in his face. Now, of course, I know what Justin's going to say. What should Al do, Justin, to solve this simple problem? Go uh, turn on the other end of the couch. <laughs> yes! Like, he's, he's got some vicious jokes about her mom this episode. Well, that's why I'm disappointed that she's only nearly 200 pounds. You know, I think we, I think we can go further with this. And I think they do. I think she balloons up as the years go on. Whoa. No Ma'am will be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Just type in www.facebook.com slash groups slash Married with Children podcast. Be sure to subscribe to them on iTunes and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now the guys are going to give their final thoughts and ratings of this week's episode. All right, thank you, Jamie Sammons. All right, guys, it's rating time. How many dimes for the payphone out of five are we dropping on For Whom the Bell Tolls, Justin? How many out of five dimes are you going to give this episode? Um, this episode, I think it's a solid episode. Like you said, um, it's not super memorable in, ter in terms of big events or anything like that. But uh, I think that this is one that had I been flipping through the channels and it's on, it's like, oh, I remember this one. I'll check this one out. Uh, I give it a three out of five dimes that I'm dropping on this episode. Yeah, just a solid show, right? Nothing spectacular. Correct. Uh, Jerry, I know it's not a Steve heavy episode, but you do have many facets to your personality. So I'm sure you appreciate many things. So how many dimes? Are you dropping out of five on this episode of Marrow Children? 
Uh, I give it a three out of five. It's a pretty basic formula, and this is kind of be in this show. Kind of this episode kind of represents the the standard formula for the standard episodes of Married with Children. So if it's not going to be a a standout show, it'll probably follow this formula, and I'm okay with that because it's still really good. It it works. I laughed a lot. Just there was nothing that stood out to me. And uh, it's hard for me to go into a four when there's barely any Steve, even though Steve had some good lines. Um, and, but this is the episode I will probably go back to and go, this is the episode where I have to admit that Alex is right and the show mm. is going to get really goofy because Kelly was freaking that, out. That's funny. I don't really find this one overly that goofy, though. I, like, if I'm being honest, I, 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 there was a few like here and there moments. But. It's, well, it's three things. It's Kelly freaking out. It's Al's uh, face. She did that before, though. She did that when she was unpopular for a second. Yeah, but but in this one, she's like, she's, the more popular one seemed more realistic to me. This one, she's like uh, hitting herself in the forehead with the phone. She's doing the rock back and forth thing. Yeah, remember she was carrying the phone in pieces with her? Yeah, who put, <laughs> who put these bugs on me? Uh, she tries to move. She's like, I'm leaving until... Um, we get a phone or I get married. Well, Justin, I think what you're overlooking is the the logistics of almost all the setups here are absolutely ludicrous. Like, do you really think Steve would take a 2 a.m. phone call from Peg's mom and yell to her and have a conversation? Hi, mom. What, how are you? She wants the recipe for raisin. Like, do you think that would ever happen in season one? Like, that is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> so I, you're almost, and it's not your fault. I'm not saying it in a bad way, but you're almost glossing over like, oh, come on. Like, I'm just saying that this I'm is just the episode saying, where but, okay. I see it unraveling from being grounded. The chains right. are falling. I get that. The way that I look at ridiculous stuff is, even though highly unlikely, it's still in the realm of possibility that somebody would yell that. It's with the amount of people on Earth, it's in the realm of possibility that that could happen. What couldn't happen is, you know, other things that are just like out of. Well, what was the other one? Like them standing at the top of the Sears Tower about to do a family suicide? Yeah. yeah. Like that's not realistic to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying this, like, I, I'm just saying that I've I've noticed that there's spotlight, they're shining a spotlight on certain character characteristic traits that they've always had in season one, but now they're amplifying it to a level of goofiness, is what I'm seeing in in this episode. I'm this is just I'm not saying that it's it's gone full goofy yet, but after Alex opened my eyes to it, I have to say, well, damn it, I noticed it. Yeah, well, even 555 Stud calling Peg at Steve's house to tell her Juan is back. Like, yeah, I don't know. I felt like stuff like that kind of always existed, but I could be wrong. Just uh, just stuff that doesn't, like, that's just written for the fact that it's a sitcom. Like, you're <laughs> not really supposed to think that it that it's possible. Yeah, I guess. And it's weird. We we are going to have that weird fun. We do have to walk a serious fine line as the show goes on because I, I don't know. Are you guys having fun kind of like picking that kind of stuff apart? Because I don't think we're doing it in a in a hurtful or like uh, malicious way. I well, think I didn't really have a problem with any of this. Like, so, <laughs> so I mean, I'm, I'm cool. You know, I, I, I think it's of note, you know, it's something to talk about. That's what we do here yeah, is talk yeah. about things. And you can't, you can't review something and, and not go into things that don't make sense or, or something you may personally didn't like. Yeah. Cause then like, you're just a bad critic. Yeah. Then, well, then it's just boring. It's just me going, <laughs> Al was wonderful. Everything Al did was great. I'm so glad this episode. <laughs> yeah, like it, like how you do with Alex. Bye. <laughs> yeah, you better review every piece of my work that way. But yeah, we could nitpick. We could nitpick Marrow Children though. It's okay. No, I have no works that anybody thinks about. So yeah, okay. My my take on this episode is that I will be honest. When I sat down here in this amazing jiggly room that I'm so glad to be back in, there's nothing like the nudie bar, guys. It's hump day, Wednesday. We hope we got you over the hump. There's nothing like being in here. And I got to say, when I sat down, I thought this episode was going to be 25 minutes long. 
and that's insanely short. We all know this show of ours normally runs an hour, and I thought this would go 25 minutes, which would be insanely short for us, because I thought there was really nothing on the surface. Um, I don't know, and that doesn't mean I think it's a bad episode. I just thought... I, I didn't have any topics to really dig into. Yeah. What it, we all realized as we went on and went through this is that we almost had more topic points and more points of discussion than almost ever. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I've i never talked about more things on this show in one episode than, than I have tonight with you guys. So it really just makes you think, like, wow, uh, it just brought up so much and great stuff, actually. I, I liked everything we talked about. So it was really just a – this whole episode really actually made me like the episode itself a lot more. So I will uh, – I was – Oddly, even though I just said that, I was going to give it a three, and I'm just going to still give it a three. Because, <laughs> but it's <laughs> a know, high three. It's a high three. Yeah, we're almost at 3.5 here. You know how sometimes you rate something, you give it a four, you give one movie a four, and you give another movie a four. Well, one of those fours has to be a little bit better than the other four, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this is a solid episode. But like we all said, there's nothing amazing about it. And I'm not always looking for episodes that move the plot along of this whole yeah. thing here nothing like that i'm not looking for that every time i'm you know i don't care but uh at the same time it's just a low-key episode it's very low-key very uh standard as jerry said it's just like textbook it's it's like the formulaic episode of something where we didn't have a brilliant idea but we got an episode out for you this week <laughs> and I, I think that's what this is it's i think that's exact encapsulates that exact idea so be sure to join us at the Nudie Bar next Wednesday for Born to Walk. Al flunks his written driver's test the same day that Kelly passes hers, leading him confined to the house and unable to get to the racetrack to bet on an important horse race. Well, we've been at the Nudie Bar all night. Great time. Uh, there's really nothing else to do. I mean... Well, do, do you guys want to come over and watch this new game show with me? It's called That Idiot Al. Sure, I love that show. Razor.